You're listening to World of WWE, a WWE podcast. Hey guys, thank you for tuning into World of WWE, a d- official WWE podcast. My name is Ant. And you are tuning into WWE TLC 2020 Recap. TLC took place last Sunday, December 20th, 2020. And it was a very exciting show. And Carlos and I are very excited to talk about it. So let's jump right into TLC. Um, What did you think of the pay-per-view overall before we dive into the matches? Definitely best pay-per-view throughout the year. Honestly, I really enjoyed it. A lot of, a lot of, um, it definitely made, how do you say, um, lived up to the name, TLC. Yeah, lived up to the hype, yeah. And it was a lot, of, a lot of good spots in there. I really enjoyed it. And all the matches, especially the Drew and AJ match, that was pretty incredible. Yeah, I agree. I felt like all of the matches were good. Um, I, I keep looking over my scores and it got a lot of, um, Eight out of tens on my end, but yeah, I enjoyed it. I thought that every match was pretty decent. There wasn't really a terrible match. I mean, we'll talk about that, but um, I, I enjoyed it thoroughly. In my opinion, it was one of my favorites of the year as well. So let's dive right into it. The first match on the card, which was I was actually surprised, was the WWE Championship TLC match. The champion Drew McIntyre defended his title against AJ Styles, who was, of course, with, um, I don't know if it's his bodyguard, I guess his bodyguard, Omis. Um, And some of the notes I took really quick, one of the first things I commented on was how small AJ is compared to Omis. I know I've said this before, but I just can't get over how small Styles is compared to this dude, and Styles is pretty big. Styles is six foot tall, so... Ole Miss is just huge. And that is my uh, opening of my drink of the night. So that was the first thing I noticed was how small um, AJ was. My notes, and then Carlos, we'll talk about what you thought. I really liked how Drew McIntyre in the beginning of the match, there was a moment where he smacked AJ's chest, and it sounded like it hurt really, really bad. It was like... Like, it was, it was, like, I can't even do it justice. I'm trying to, like, clap my hand, but, like, it was, like, it was loud. Like, you could hear it. Um, And then there's a moment where AJ hit Drew McIntyre's leg with a chair trying to, you know, injure his leg. Um, And then there was a moment where AJ put Drew McIntyre's uh, leg in a ladder and he put him through in a calf crusher, which I thought was very cool because it looked like it hurt like hell. I also noticed something random that I really liked Styles' green gear for this match. I thought it looked pretty cool. Um, I also liked when Drew McIntyre has a chair and AJ's about to jump off the top rope and he just throws it right in AJ's face, (laughs) knocking him down. And then I also liked when the, well, not the closing, well, kind of the closing part, when um, there's a scene where Drew McIntyre press slams AJ off the ladder 
through a table outside of the ring and if you pay attention closely to it you can tell that aj missed the table and it looked like he got hurt bad and then the surprise of the match john morrison and the miz run down and they put drew mcintyre through a table miz cashes in his money in the bank contract climbs a ladder um but he can't get it because um Omis comes down and chases Morrison off. Um and then Drew Mac chase I guess you can say that Morrison was running for his life while Omis was just walking to get to work. He yeah, he was He's like, if I don't got to run, I'm not going to right now. I mean, imagine seeing him run. It would be kind of like Tyus O'Neal. Remember when he fell underneath the ring to get into the... Yeah. yeah. And then how the chair just exploded over his back. Yeah. And thank you for mentioning that. Yeah, they just... And he didn't feel nothing. It was just like, whatever. Um. So then the end of the match comes when The Miz and AJ, they're both on the ladder. But... Drew McIntyre sends um, them both off the ladder into the ring ropes. Um, AJ goes outside, and the Miz gets hit with a claymore, and then grew Ma- grew, and then Drew McIntyre climbs the ladder and gla- grabs the WWE Championship. So initially, the match was a single, but then the Miz cashed in Money in the Bank, making it a triple threat. Um, I thought the match had a lot of impact. I like the Miz involvement. Um, I was happy to see Drew McIntyre retain, and I gave that match a nine out of ten. So, what was your thoughts on the match, and what did you think of it? Yeah, and that was the one where, like, he he landed in the table, but it was almost as if, like, his lower back landed in the table, and then his upper body kind of landed on the, like, so it did look like a really hard impact fall. Yeah. No, but he is, though. That's a good point because, like, and, you know, I'm glad that you mentioned that because, you know, there's times where, like, I'll watch it and get lost and forget that they're, like, real-life humans and they're picking up, like, 240 pounds of nothing but muscle and, like, height. So it is true, like, that they're, you know, the fact that Drew was able to throw him that far. I mean, God, these are, like... A grown adult men like getting picked up and tossed around so it, it's crazy to think about but yeah so go ahead sorry so another another spot so the, the Miz came out came running down to the ring so there was a there was a point when the Miz climbed up the ladder to grab the championship 
but almost freaking grabbed by him by his underwear and carried him like a baby and dropped him outside the ring through a table. That was freaking like, oh my god. That was like the first like actual interaction that almost had with somebody. I wonder, like, the actual getting physicality with physical with someone. Yeah, I wonder, like, seeing that, I'm like, I feel bad for whoever is going to have to fight him because just imagine when he gets into the ring, um, what a force he will be. And some of the opponents, like, you might see him going up against Braun Strowman, Roman Reigns. I mean, he's a big dude, so I could definitely see him going. So let's talk about Braun Strowman a little bit. Yep. So, um... I've been, like, following him on Instagram, like, he seems like he's going to, like, do, like, he's, he's just, like, boiling up to a point, like, when he comes back, he's just going to destroy everyone, and everyone, like, you, you remember when the Miz and Earth got, like, fired by the boys, and they came to, like, a few weeks later, and just, like, destroyed the whole, like, like, hell in the cell, I think? Yeah. When they destroyed everything, I think Charles Summers is going to do something like that. And but just go just crazy. Right now. But when he comes back, oof. He's gonna go nuts. Yeah, and I and you know that definitely would be an interesting match. To be honest with you, I have been thinking of him, and I've and I didn't even know that like he was suspended. So the storyline was: didn't he like choke slam Adam Pierce or something, and then he got this. And went crazy. Okay, well, Braun Strowman will definitely be back pretty soon, and he's going to have his sights set on anybody because he will be back. But so we, I actually, I think you and I both, our predictions were correct with Drew McIntyre winning this match. So cheers to us that we got that right. Yeah, we did good. So next, we see Paul Heyman. Um, I'm not going to go describing the deep, the interviews super deep. I'm just going to say, you know, he had an interview. Um, he did. There was one funny moment where he played the living shit out of Kayla Braxton because she's standing. She Yeah, she's attractive, and she's standing there, and, and he says something to her along the lines of that, like, aesthetics are more... Um, important than com- competency basically telling her that like you care more about your looks than like knowing stuff <laughs> and just the way he said it like he just straight up called her stupid to her face and she just like stood there but that was kind of like the only takeaway i got from that he basically just said that drew that roman reigns is gonna win later on in the night oh there was another thing yeah Sammy Zayn, so it was like the eight man tag, pre show. Yeah. yeah, that was that was really matter. So Sammy Zayn like lost, he like lost the piggy, they got the thing. So Sammy Zayn was pissed off, so Kayla Braxton tried to catch up with Sammy Zayn. Oh no. And Sammy was like, like, oh, you post, you should be embarrassed of yourself posting your rear hair or something on Instagram. Oh my god. Punch her straight in the face, but she was like, How dare you in her head? Kayla Braxton 
was getting taken for a ride at TLC and not in a good way. Caleb Braxton. She's okay. She doesn't bother me. She's pretty decent. Um, next up is the match that I think, well, one of the matches that I think you were most looking forward to. Um, the SmackDown Women's Championship was on the line. The Women's Champion, the boss, Sasha Banks, defends her title against the untouchable Carmella. What was the name of, I think they said the name of her, um, Reginald, that was it. <laughs> what a name. Oh, well, yeah, he, uh, he was with her. Um, I was smiling during this match. I'm not going to lie. Uh, because when yeah, I, that, 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 yes, her and, and you know, Carmella, they all were looking good. Um, you know, this is a family show, so that's all I'm going to say. Um, so, during the match, some moments that I wrote about, Carmella gets thrown outside, but Reginald grabs her, um, Sasha Banks tries to jump, misses, and Carmella hits her with a Hurricane Rana, which looked good, Carmella drops Sasha Banks on her back on the apron of the ring during the match, Sasha Banks hit a huge frog splash, but Carmella kicked out, and then I saw Carmella hit a really nice X-Factor on Sasha. I thought there was a lot of good back and forth, pinfall attempts. Um, Sasha Banks gives a Meteora to Reginald, which was funny to see. Um, and then Sasha puts Carmella in the bank statement and Carmella taps out. My notes, I was, yeah, I know, clapping for Sasha that she wins, right? Um, I was... Yeah, I I just um think her high flying moves are really good. She nails them really really well. The takeaways for me from this match, I was really impressed with Carmella. I thought that she looked really good. Um, Sasha Banks looked good too. I thought they had a lot of great chemistry together, and um, I gave this match an eight out of ten. And I think you and I were both correct, uh, Sasha Banks. We predicted her to be the winner. Any any thoughts on the match? It was a really good match. I, mean, I thought it was going to be like a squash, but no. That match was fire. It was really good. I gave a lot of respect for Carmella during that match. Yeah, Carmella looked really good. And um, listen, I'm going to say this. And I'm only going to say this once. <laughs> I went to see Money in the Bank, and the TV does not do Carmella justice. That's all I will say. Moving on. Yeah, like, she looks, in my opinion, more, um, in person. Yeah, like, more watchable in person, I guess you could say. A lot taller than I thought. Well... So, you're going to date me here, but um, X-Pac, he used to use the move and he used to call it the um, X-Factor. And then Brie Bella took it from him and then uh, Carmella took it from Brie. But yeah, it's basically just like smashing their head to the on the, on the 
mad and just opening their legs. But yeah, the reason why X-Pac did it was because he was part of DX. And so that was kind of like the sort of signal, the, you know, break it down, the suck it sign thing. Yeah. I don't know. He just did it. Yep. Yeah, it looked like she it hurt bad. Yeah, she did really, really good selling, and that's why I think that they had a lot of good chemistry together. They both made each other look good, and I was excited for that. Um, then we see Billy Kay backstage. Um, she's talking to Asuka, and she gives her a resume to be her partner. Um, and then Billy Kay says she's fluent in Japanese. But you can tell she's really not, because when Asuka starts talking to her, she doesn't understand. And Asuka says that the position has already been filled. So that was a funny little background segment. Now we have the Raw Tag Team titles, the Tag Team Champions, the New Day, defending against the Hurt Business with MVP. There was a lot of action in this match. Um, New Day were doing a lot of great tag team action in the beginning. Um, I noticed that I didn't realize that the New Day are 10-time Tag Team Champions. I thought that was interesting. Um, good match. Shelton Benjamin hit a really nice suplex off the top rope during the match, which I thought was good. Um, I didn't take too many notes on this match. The ending happened when Cedric Alexander hit Kofi with a lumbar check to get the win. Um, I really, and then uh, obviously her business are the new Tag Team Champions. I really thought it was good. Um, they have all the titles on Raw now, aside from the WWE Championship. I gave this match an 8 out of 10. I thought it was a good match. Not as good as the first, but a nice surprise ending, in my opinion. So, um, Carlos, I think you got that right, and I got that match wrong. I think I... Didn't I predict... I think I predicted New Day to win, and I think you said the Hurt Business were going to win the titles. Yeah, I think... Yeah. So thoughts on the match? Anything you liked? Didn't like? It was good. I enjoyed it. I feel like the first, first, first one was really good. Yeah. It's just like I'm kind of like losing the taste of the new day, you know? Oh, really? I think I don't understand. They did this before with like other factions, and I know they have to like the groups have to split up, and then I get that. But I think, and this is just my honest opinion. I'm not trying to be mean, but aside from Big E, and you know, and here's the problem: they all could be great single wrestlers if Vince gave them the chance. But the problem is the only one. That I mean, this is just my honest opinion. The only one out of Kofi, Xavier Woods, or Big E, in my opinion, that would be a believable main roster champion would be Big E. Just because, you know. However, I think that that doesn't mean that Kofi and Xavier Woods wouldn't be great champions. But out of the three of them, kind of like what Paul Heyman said to him, like, you're kind of more of the most... 
one that people will be talking about. And it's sad because I feel like what they're doing with Big E, they try to do with Kofi Kingston at first. And I think Kofi was great, but I think they pushed him. And then it was like the matches he was having, he was having good matches, but a lot of people just didn't think he was believable as champion. But I mean, who's to say? Because there was, I don't know if, I know you're not really too big on NXT, but one of the latest North American champions was Leon Ruff. And this dude is like five foot something. And like, so I don't know. I don't necessarily believe that like, you know, no one is, that people aren't believable because anyone could be a champion. But when you see them all, I feel like Big E has more of the star power. But I do like Xavier Woods and Kofi as a team. But um, I don't know. I feel like Kofi has been in it for so long. And the fact that like his only real sort of, aside from winning the WWE Championship, his only real sort of accomplishments are being in a tag team, you know. But I don't know. I, I yeah, yeah. Yeah, but I mean, like for example, like when you know when he first came out, he was Jamaican and he was this whole SOS and like you know it was cool, but like at the same time when he became champion, Curtis Axel was Intercontinental Champion. So like it's almost like it, it was it's uh, always been a serious title, but like Curtis Axel, like I'm not trying to be mean, but um. You know, I, I don't know. I think that he just needs more respect, in my opinion, Kofi. But I just feel like they've made his character kind of be a joke. And so it's just like, yeah, he's going to make jokes. He's going to be funny. But, you know, can you do anything other than that? Yeah, and Xavier's just like the mouthpiece, you know? Yeah. He's really going to like he's smart. But he just, it's just, in my opinion, he doesn't need them to tweet. Yeah, like Yep, and then he's gonna be hosting um a show on the G four channel. I think it's called the G four show. I don't know. So yeah, he does have a lot going on. But I don't know if you know this or not. But Xavier Woods used to compete in TNA as Consequences Creed back in like 2007. And he was a former um, X Division champion. And Xavier Woods can't hang. Like Xavier Woods is great. But, you know, they have been only really utilizing him as a um, sort of mouthpiece, which that's the only thing. Like I feel like these writers aren't giving them... Because, you know, I've been watching a lot of the Attitude Era. We'll get there in a moment. Plug that in a second. And every wrestler had, like, a spot on the card. Like, they all were memorable, and they had a moment and were able to, like, make something. And I feel like Vince... I think with the three hours, there's too many wrestlers thrown at us to really care about them all. And I think that that's the problem. If they brought it back to two hours, you would be able to give the wrestlers enough time to tell their own stories without throwing three hours worth of wrestling and, and then you just don't really care because there's all of this stuff. Kind of like if you go to a restaurant, you know, if there's on the menu, if there's a bunch of food, you don't know what to get because there's so much. But that's my little, sorry for that little rant on a new day. New Day is good. Um, we get a promo now for Royal Rumble 2021. 
I can't believe that's coming up. It's weird because I feel like it was just three months ago, <laughs> January, but it's it's going to be a year in a couple of weeks, so in a week or two, actually. So that's coming up soon. I'm excited for the surprises. Next, we have the WWE Women's Tag Team Championships. The champions, Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler, are defending against Asuka and her mystery partner. Um, and I, I think I did call it. I think I said that Charlotte might have been the mystery partner. But for those of you who missed it, Charlotte Flair came back. And um, some of the notes I made was that she looked great. I was glad that she's back. I missed her. Um, basically, during the match, Nia and Shayna attacked Asuka's leg. And um, finally, Charlotte Flair got into the match because in the beginning, it was basically Shayna and Nia attacking Asuka. Um, Charlotte Flair hit a nice moonsault on both Nia and Shayna. And once again, I didn't take a lot of notes on this match, but Charlotte and Asuka won after Charlotte hit natural selection on Shayna to become the new women's tag champions. I also gave this match an 8 out of 10. I said it was great to see Charlotte back in this team will be cool together. Give me your thoughts on Charlotte returning and then the match. Okay, so yeah, I was so I had that in my head I was thinking like they're not gonna choose my man Roger Dana Brooke. If you want somebody and she said it herself she wants somebody like the best. Mm-hmm. And then when I heard her when I heard her music, I'm like, Yes mm-hmm. and you can tell that the two were like I like, started clapping. Yeah. Harry Saxon was like yeah. <laughs> yeah. He always yeah, go ahead. It was so she looks like so happy to be back, like the smile on her face, just so just so genuine, you know. Yeah. Like when she gets to when she gets top of the ring, she's like just standing there like looking at the therapy like oh mm-hmm. Yeah. He runs and like, oh shit. She a lot has changed since she, you know, was here. You know, she had. It, it's hard. Like, I always wonder. She, like, she even said herself, like the woman's official was just kept going while she was in control while she wasn't there. Yeah, and like she kind of reminds me. So, like for example, during two thousand and one, um, Triple H got injured, and he was like in the top of his game at the time. And he was out from, like, May 2001 until, I'd say, January 2002 is when he came back. And um, right before, like, right before, well, right after he got injured, the whole invasion storyline happened where WCW and ECW invaded WWE. And I always wonder, like, how different would have been if Triple H didn't get injured and he was involved in the storylines. So for Charlotte, I kind of feel like that same thing. Like, I wonder what the year would have looked like if she didn't get hurt and didn't take time off. But I definitely am happy to see her back. And, um, you know, it, it does feel good. It feels like we're watching WWE seeing her again. Um, I have a qu- Yep. Um, I have a question for you. This has been 
brought up on social media, and I'm not someone who likes to drop spoilers, but I don't know if it's a spoiler or not. Um, there's a rumor going around that at the upcoming WrestleMania, it's going to be Asuka against Charlotte Flair in a rematch. Would you be interested in seeing that match? Do you think that they should, if they do decide to go with that match, that they should even bother doing a rematch? Or do you think they should um, do the rematch and have Asuka and Charlotte fight again at WrestleMania? Okay, so here's the thing. Um, I know, like, Raw's not happening yet, but I think so something, I want to just, like, throw something out for Raw. Yep. Um, so, like, when they, they came out, like, they kicked off the show, right? Yeah. So I was thinking in my head, like, 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 the whole day before Raw even happened, like, what, Charlotte, like, they're going to be attacking for a few months, and then Charlotte's, or Austin Spencer are going to turn on each other, and then it's going to be to, like, a match at WrestleMania. Yep. I think on Raw, like, it meant there was a huge, like, sign, like, where Charlotte, Charlotte was, like, before anybody interrupted the show, it was like, so awesome about that Raw Women's Championship. Right? Somebody interrupted the mm-hmm. show. Like, once she was about to get the point, so like, it's pretty, I think, it, I think it might be happening. And it, it'll be good, you know, to see that again, but it just, it just happened like three years ago. That was to me too, so. Yeah, I, I think it will be a good match, don't get me wrong, but... To be honest, I would rather see like Charlotte Flair against Bianca Belair or against even Sasha or against even someone who hasn't even competed at WrestleMania yet. I do think they would have a good match, but like I feel like the problem with sequels is they never live up to the first. And I think that for WrestleMania, for it being the supposed greatest night of wrestling of the year... I, I want to see something different, but who knows? If it does happen, maybe they will have a good match. But history shows that a lot of times they were, the first match is better than the second. Even if you look at last, well, I think it was Royal Rumble. Was it Royal Rumble 20? I think it was 2019, yeah, where um Asuka and Becky Lynch had their match, and it was amazing. And then this year, they had a rematch at Royal Rumble, which it was good, but it, it didn't hold a candle to their first year. So, I don't know. I'd rather see a better match than just, ooh, Asuka against Charlotte because they're two big names, you know? But, you know, I, I was excited to see Charlotte back and everything, so I was happy with that. Um, next up, we have the Universal Championship, the TLC match. Roman Reigns, who's a Universal Champion, has Paul Heyman by his side, and they're going to be taking on Kevin Owens. For this match, I actually watched it, but um, I didn't take many notes. KO attacked Roman Reigns before the match. He had a frog splash on the outside. Jay Uster ran, ran down, but KO was able to attack him with a chair. He put Jay's ankle in a chair and stepped on it. Um, I didn't get a chance to check it all out, like I said, but it was a good match. And um, yeah, Carlos, why don't you tell us how it ended? Because I didn't get a chance to see the ending, but I did see... um, Oh, wait, no, actually... Yeah, no, I didn't. So how did he end up winning the match? So, So the match was really good. That was, that was, it was really good, but I feel like the Drew and, and, uh, and AJ match was much better, but it was really good. So how it, how it ended was, so like, James was about to take a step because he, like, he stopped his ankle out. 
And yep. Yeah. Okay, so basically he, you know, kind of knocked him out and then was able to just get the title. Mm-hmm. So what did you what did you give that match score wise? I gave it like a, a seven and a half out of ten. Okay, okay, so it wasn't the greatest, but I feel like, I feel like Steel Cage match on SmackDown was much better. Yeah, I I yeah I watched it too, and we'll be doing our SmackDown recap soon. But I I agree that match was good. Now before we go to our main event and cover the main event, I wanna um throw out some important dates to remember so on december 30th on youtube this is only on youtube so you have to make sure that you subscribe to be able to see this um we are releasing the top nxt matches of 2020 so many great matches including imperium against undisputed era the bros rates against undisputed era and much much more also on December 29th, you're going to check out the YouTube reveal of the first female athlete we are covering in Ladies of the Ring. That will also only be available on YouTube, so make sure you subscribe, like, and hit the notification bell to find out who will be the first female we are covering in Ladies of the Ring. Then come join us on December 31st for our special New Year's Eve episode, Carlos and I are saying goodbye to 2020 and hello to 2021. But before we do that, we are counting down the greatest matches of WWE in 2020. So many great matches this year, but we are going to be covering the greatest ones. So come join us on New Year's Eve for that. Also, on January 8th, Ladies of WWE will be premiering on Spotify and all anchor and every other um subscription service that you have will be available any other podcast networks that you're checking us out on that will be available and then last on january 20th the first episode of attitude era premieres and the first episode will be covering breakdown in your house be on the lookout for all of those dates and yeah we make sure you subscribe find us on youtube instagram we're also on facebook you could find all of that information on anchor and it's also in our description on spotify as well so now that that all is done we are going to be talking about the main event so our main event was the firefly inferno match and we saw the fiend bray wyatt take on randy orton and some of the i once again i didn't take a lot of notes on this match but my notes were the fiend set the fire up in the beginning so he came down and he lit and then the fire started um the fiend is eventually set on fire but he gets up and gets an rko of randy orton um and then randy orton pours gas on the fiend um, he grabs a match, and then he sets the Fiend on fire. 
Um, but if you are an adult and you're paying close attention, or even if you're not an adult, pretty sure you could tell that it's totally fake. I didn't really like this match. I thought it, you know, I didn't understand the whole point of the Inferno match because when I was young and I watched Inferno matches, the ring was surrounded by fire. So I don't understand um, the point of just some areas being on fire. And I, I, it just looked so bad and so fake. I gave it a 6 out of 10. Um, but yeah, what did you think? Yeah, I I agree. I I just I didn't see the point of it to be honest with you. I thought that um I, I, I assume maybe he wants to look like it was like a street fight kind of, but it, it just it didn't make sense to me why they would even bother to um I would have liked to see match just like playing regular a normal match, you know? Yeah. Yep. Alright, I am tallying, tallying up our scores, and I will tell you who won this prediction of TLC. Let me just... So Randy it. Orton won that match, right? Yep, Randy won that match. And then, let's see here. I'm just tallying this up. And Carlos, I think you said did you who did you say was gonna win the Inferno? I don't even remember. I think I said the fiend. I think I said the fiend, but Alright. Carlos, I will give you that one. It's fine. It is okay. So the winner is let's see. By a score of ten one second. 10, 20, 20, we got 30, and then, okay, I think by a vote, well, by a count of 40 to 30, Carlos, you won the TLC prediction uh, challenge, yeah, because you defeated me with the Hurt Business, we got... We got every other one correct, but the Hurt Business you, you picked was the winner. So, Carlos wins for TLC, and our next challenge will be the Royal Rumble 2021. So, that will we'll find out who the winner of that pay-per-view event is. But, Carlos, you are the winner of TLC 2020. Congratulations on that. Thank you. Thank you. So, that's it for... Um, TLC 2020 it was a good show. The it was the best show out of 2020 in my opinion. I gave it an eight out of ten. Every match was decent. The only match that I really didn't care for was the Fiend uh, Randy Orton match, but every other match on the card was great. And I de- and I definitely recommend checking this pay per view out. Be on the lookout for all our new content. Once again, I'm Anthony, and I'm Carlos, and we will see you all soon. Be safe and see you for Royal Rumble 2021.
Peace.